Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. Welcome to the 11 o'clock hour on WTMJ. I am Steve, as Big Voice Guy just said, and uh, we have to talk about Packers, right? So all this week, I've been mixing in a little Packers love, a little Packers content. Today's edition is involving a guest. So we are joined on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline by Jacob, Jacob Westendorf, writer of Packers Central, cover of all things Packers, who joins us. Hey, hey, Jacob. Hey, Steve, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So somebody that writes about the Packers certainly covers the team. Did you have the fans' reaction to what we all witnessed, which was sort of astounding and incredible and amazing on Sunday? Yeah, I try and do both as best I can, but I've never hidden from the fact that, like, you know, I've rooted for this team since I was four years old, so that's (laughs) not not something that just goes away, you know? So uh, it was jarring. Uh, I, I did pick the Packers to win ultimately, uh, but I did not expect them to jump out to a 20. Like, this game was a beating. I know the final score says they only won by 16 points, but, I mean, it was 48 to 16. I don't know how everyone else felt, but I thought the game was over at 27 to nothing. And then, you know, obviously we get into the later parts of the game. And if you didn't think it was over at 27 nothing, then 34 to 10 after Dallas kicked the field goal to start the half and the Packers just stuff it right in the end zone right after that. It was one of the best performances I've ever seen. Uh, and in my opinion, probably their best playoff moment since what the Super Bowl in 2010, maybe the Dallas game in 2016, 17 season comes to mind, but I think this game was better. Yeah. So first of all, Kudos for picking the team. Not a lot of people pick the Packers as a, as a favorite in that game. And, and, you know, you can point to all the things, the obvious things that the announcers said. I think they had a 16-game home winning streak going back a couple of years. The team is, was a top defensive team. I guess, I guess the obvious question is, how did they do it against a team that a lot of people thought this could be a Super Bowl edition of the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, everything as it often does in football starts up front. And the Packers, the biggest thing for them was, to, you know, can they block Demarcus Lawrence? Can they block Micah Parsons? In the first two plays of the game, it was kind of like, uh-oh, like this might be a really long day because the Cowboys were in the backfield immediately. I think they had a run for zero and a run for minus one or something like that, and they kind of got some new life on a illegal contact penalty. But Zach Tom gave up two pressures. Rasheed Walker didn't give up any, and they they kept those pass rushers under wraps. And, and Jordan Love, from a talent standpoint, is as good as it gets. And when you keep a talented quarterback clean, typically they dominate, you know, from clean pockets and everything like that. So being able to do stuff like that, and they ran the ball for 120 yards uh, with Aaron Jones on Sunday too. So you've got the ability to run it pretty much whenever you want, and then you got the ability to stand back there and, and find open receivers. The Packers, they kind of can just do whatever they wanted on the offensive side of the ball. And I heard, uh, I think it was Michael Strahan after the game said something along the lines of like, when the playoff games start, the Cowboys seem to go into like performance mode instead of play mode. Maybe the pressure there from Jerry Jones and all that stuff is just a little bit too big for them because you could tell like seven, nothing, even if something as simple as seven, nothing. And then they punt, you could almost feel like, uh Oh, like, is this happening again? Kind of thing. And then they throw an interception on their second possession and Green Bay is up 14 nothing, and they never got within two scores the rest of the game. You mentioned Jordan Love and, and the transformation, the, the emergence of Jordan Love as a, 
I would say arguably top ten quarterback, and certainly in the in the playoffs, top five quarterback, uh, maybe top three. What do you contribute that success to? He's always had the talent. I don't think that was ever a question. I think Matt Lafleur has been a perfect uh, coach for him uh, to kind of get some of that stuff out of him. And really, you know, during the earlier parts of the season, there's no substitute for for live reps. You know, so the Packers, you got three years of him sitting on the bench and. Yeah, he can learn some stuff and everything like that, but it really was just him seeing things and making those mistakes and now learning. Like The biggest thing about Love in the early part of the year that was nice to see was he didn't really make the same mistake twice. And then in the middle of the year, when they kind of hit that lull where they got to 2-5 and five and then 3-6, and six, it was kind of questionable as to whether or not he was doing it or if they couldn't block anybody. That was definitely a big part of their early season issues. Uh, they've gotten a lot better. Uh, in terms of keeping him clean, they've gotten a lot better as guys being in the right spot and trusting him to make some plays. Uh, you know, I think Jason Wildey had a really good story a couple weeks ago about how they won against the Rams, and that was nice. But, like, LaFleur basically looked in the mirror afterwards and said, like, I know this isn't going to cut it because they only scored 20 points, and it was kind of yucky throughout the course of the game to get to those 20 points. It feels like that first play – against Detroit on Thanksgiving Day where they hit Christian Watson for mm-hmm. 53 yards, that that seems to be like the flip of the switch where everyone's like, oh, like we can do this, and we are able to make these kinds of plays against whoever it is that they're facing. Because it's not like over the last six weeks they've faced you know, really bad defenses. Chicago, Minnesota, Dallas were all top ten uh, by the end of the season. So those are three really good defenses, and they they only scored 17 against Chicago, but that was mostly a byproduct of their own mistakes. They could have put up 30 at least against every single one of those teams. Jacob Westendorf joining us from Packers Central on, in Sports Illustrated. Um, the other big storyline, and this one I don't know that we've solved this one yet, is the story uh, and the storyline of Joe Barry. He was under fire. He seems to have um, figured things out. Certainly opponents matter. What do you make of the uh, the question marks, if there are any, any anymore? Because obviously Matt Lafleur spoke very highly of his work in the last few games. Is there a Joe Barry question anymore? Or is he back basically? No, there's still a question. Uh, I mean, the last two games of the season, you could definitely say you said opponents matter. Nick Mullins, Justin Fields, two bottom third of the NFL starting quarterbacks. One guy's actually a backup. The Dallas performance I thought was really good. Um, I know that they gave up 32 points and 400 yards passing, all that good stuff, but I really thought that was a, a byproduct of the score being 48-16 to 16 and mostly being a garbage time. But the defense, I mean, they played really well. And Barry, for, it's kind of weird, Barry's defenses have had their best moments in the biggest games. You know, that 49er game a couple of years ago, that was Joe Barry's defense who yes. stepped down the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this 49ers team is better than that one that the Packers lost to two years ago, especially on the offensive side of the ball, because they've got all these guys kind of hitting their peak at the same time, which is what the goal of the Packers kind of is with some of these young guys they have as well. But I think there's a you know, as many good feelings and vibes and stuff that are happening around the team and the defense and, and the offense really as well is they could just as easily lose, you know, 41 to 20 on, on Saturday against the 49ers. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. San Francisco's a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. The Packers, under the old format, just, what, three, four years ago, they wouldn't have even been a playoff team a couple of years ago. The two seed would have been a bye, all that good stuff that comes with that, too. So I still think there's a question. I would be – I was surprised they brought him back this year. I would be very surprised if they don't look big picture and say – 
you know, it took us forever to get anything going, and they still finished in the bottom third of the league in just about every category that matters. So sort of a general question, then we'll get to one about the, the game on Saturday in, in San Francisco, Bay Area, I should say. Um, is this a one-year surprise, or is this a surprise for the NFL that this team this quickly seems to be something to reckon with? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that's one that uh, is going to be like the biggest one surrounding the team next year, because this year there weren't any expectations. You know, anybody and a lot of us kind of just said the same thing. If they find the quarterback, if they find out Love is either good and the guy, or he's bad, and they're drafting Drake May, Caleb Williams, then it's a successful season. And the Packers have found their quarterback. I think there's no questions left about that. But there weren't really any expectations of winning the division, making the playoffs, being a contender, anything like that. Well, now, you know, you win a playoff game in Dallas, and almost regardless of how this game goes, there will be expectations next year, and there should be expectations next year. You know, Jordan Love, you said top 10 quarterback. There's an argument to be made and a pretty good one that since Thanksgiving day, he's played like the best quarterback in football. Now, is he the best quarterback in football? No, not right now. There's a lot more that needs to be seen and done for something like that. But you finish that strongly with him at the helm and he's going to be back next year. And all of these young guys that have emerged at the end of the year are coming back and, you know, theoretically getting better. Add a couple guys in the draft, free agency, all that stuff. I, this feels to me similar to, like, what the 93-94 Packers probably were, where everybody was like, yeah, they're probably not ready to win a championship yet, but you could see Favre, you could see Sterling Sharp, who they had at the time. Like, these guys are coming, and they're going to get there at some point. Uh, it's just a matter of how quickly that happens, and I think, yeah, next year's a really good uh, chance for that to take that leap. Good analogy to the uh, what it turned out to be a '96 Super Bowl, '96 season Super Bowl with uh, Brett Favre and Reggie White. All right, last question. You, you were you were dead on on the uh, the pick on the Packers over the Cowboys. What say you Saturday nights in the Bay Area against the 49ers? Yeah, I don't I don't feel like this. There's a running joke uh, that they used to call it in, in Ann Arbor when Ohio State used to beat Michigan like every year. They always called it the death march to Columbus or the death march from Columbus to Ann Arbor, whatever they wanted to call it. I don't think it's quite that, but the Packers have not won or really played well in San Francisco since Farm was the quarterback. They played two playoff games out there. They've lost both by double digits. Uh, they lost the two here in Green Bay by last-second field goal full time. The 49ers are kind of the boogeyman. And the Packers need to, I think at some point, probably exercise that demon. I just don't know that they're ready to do that. Right now, the 49ers' defense is awesome. Uh, and I do think the Packers will be able to do some things against them on the offensive side of the ball. But at the end of the day, like Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, they all like have these skill sets that you're like, what do the Packers struggle to match up with? Well, run game. Okay, Christian McCaffrey is one of the best backs in football. Tight ends that can make big plays. George Kittle's probably the best one playing right now. And slot receivers that make plays after catch, that's Debo Samuel. And then Brandon Ayuk, I just threw in as a bonus there. I don't think Green Bay gets blown off the field, but I have San Francisco winning, and I got it at 31-20. to 20. All right. I just look for a competitive game. This is an exciting season. This is an over, over-delivery over at a team that we're just trying to figure out the Jordan Love situation. That seems to have sorted itself out. Any Anything other than a blowout by the 49ers over the Packers, I will take as a Packers fan. Um, if folks want to read what you write, where can they find you? Yeah, you can type in on the tab. It's in my Twitter bio, which you can find, or X bio, I guess is what we're calling it now. 
uh, at Jacob Westendorf. There's a link in there. Otherwise, it's, if you guys want to type in, it's si.com slash NFL slash Packers. Jacob, great to talk to you. Let's do it again down the road. Absolutely. Thank you.